Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Thanks for listening. God, we thank you this morning that we can come boldly to the throne room of grace and receive what we need in your presence this morning. God, I thank you that you anoint this word. Thank you that it heals hearts, changes lives, lifts our eyes again. We thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please have a seat. Well, good morning, everyone. So great to be here today. And Sean is exactly right. I'm a very balanced person. And I am really looking forward to sharing this word with you this morning. Uh, My name is Alicia, if I haven't met you before. uh, And today is going to be great. Aidan, can I have a little, um, little table if we have one? So if you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to read a scripture together this morning. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10. Philippians is in the New Testament. And this is Paul and he says this. He says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me. But you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned, everyone say learned, how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Turn to someone next to you and say, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. We're in a series on balance. And today I want to talk to you about emotional balance. Now, I want you to be very comfortable this morning that you are in excellent hands because I am an expert on emotional balance. Oh, and all my friends laughed out loud. Did you hear that? Because um, I've even got the water bottle. Keep calm and carry on. The mantra of my life. Anyone else, that's your mantra? (laughs) My husband always uh, comments regularly about how consistent and thoughtful and calm, rational, rational is an excellent word to describe me and my emotional state. And, uh, you know, there's never a better time to see my emotional capacity to be balanced other than when I hit a roundabout. Anybody ever approached a roundabout? Nobody knows how to use a roundabout. There was another moment in time where I was, uh, you know, looking after my beautiful boys. I had a newborn baby and a little toddler, and I got a bit of a cold. And you know when you get a few combinations of circumstances in your life, and so your emotional state, you know, just becomes really balanced, really calm. So in my um, beautiful nature of having a cold and young children, I had arranged for the bin to be beside my bed so that when I blew my nose, I could daintily throw the tissue into the bin. And so I went into the bedroom and I lay my little sick head down 
and I blew my nose and I leaned over to put the tissue in the bin. It had moved. So I very calmly said, Mark, where's the bin? (laughs) Now, come on, these are important issues in life. So my husband walked into the bedroom a bit like this. Are you right, honey? Where is the bin? I had it beside the bed. And he's like, I moved it. (laughs) So he picked up the bin and he put it back beside my bed and he walked out of the room like this. (laughs) And quietly shut the door. And he came in later and he said, uh, and he just sort of snuck in and I said, I'm not coping. (laughs) And he said, you reckon? (laughs) Now you all know about times when you haven't quite got the emotional balance quite right. And all of us have different ways of expressing it. And when we do a series on balance and we think about emotional balance, I mean, balance is the point at which two opposing forces are equal. I mean, in physics, that point of balance is so tiny. It's so tiny. I mean, how do we hit that point of balance? How do you get your work-life balance perfect? How do you get your emotional state perfect, perfectly balanced? And yet in this passage, Paul is saying he's learned to be content. That he's learning to find balance in his emotional state. So emotional balance is not a point that we attain, it's a process. And he also says that our contentment is not dependent on our circumstances. And what I find really interesting when I'm having a slight little wobble in my emotional state, is that I'm more interested in fixing my circumstances to make me happy again than I am with fixing what's going on in here. And when you talk to people that are going through a really hard time, they'll say, oh, I just want it to be over. I just want this season in my life to be finished. I'm sick of this. I want out of this relationship. I think I'm done with this job. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to move to a different place. And all these circumstances are going to fix my emotional balance. And I'll find my calm again. But Psalm 23 verse 4 says this. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I always thought that um, scripture should read, though I run extremely agitatedly through the valley of the shadow of death, screaming obscenities at the valley, get out of there as soon as I can, avoid it at all costs, blame everyone else that I'm in the stupid valley in the first place, shut down emotionally, lock myself away, while I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now it says, no, no, you walk. And his rod and his staff are there to guide you. So this is really fun. I thought, how many meltdowns, emotional meltdowns can I find in the Bible? I found so many. I found so many emotional meltdowns in the Bible, so good. So I thought, do you know God even had a meltdown? 
theologically not correct. He did. You read Exodus. He lost it with the people of Israel and he said, leave me alone in my anger while I prepare to destroy them. And Moses said, calm down, God. You promised these are your chosen people. Amen? Come on, we're made in his image. We lose it sometimes. So I've picked one, which I love. Um, And I've entitled this message, Emotionally Hijacked. It's a term that psychologists are using to explain the point where we don't make rational decisions anymore because our brains have become emotionally hijacked. So we're out of balance with our emotions. So turn with me to Luke chapter 10 uh, and verse 38. And there's this funny little story, really odd little story in the middle of the Bible about Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, coming across a house. And it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, you know it's bad when God says your name twice. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, you are worried and upset about many things, but few are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Now, here's the thing. I like Martha. I like Martha. Martha is the one getting the jobs done. Amen? Martha is actually the one doing what needs to be done. It said the preparations had to be done. She's the one that's busy. In fact, she's the one that owns the house. She's responsible. She's the one paying the bills. She's the one that was generous enough to invite the people into her house. And now she's working hard to make sure that they have the best experience that they possibly could. I like Martha. Mary, what's she doing? She's sitting on her nice little butt at the feet of Jesus, just relaxing. Have you ever invited Martha, uh, Mary over for Christmas dinner? Who likes inviting Mary over to Christmas dinner? And they just sit there and they smile. In fact, they give you tips on how you might prepare Christmas dinner. I mean, that always goes well at Christmas time, doesn't it? Have you ever had Mary in your university assignment and they have to work every time you're trying to get together to do it? But I like Martha. You see, she was doing probably what the right thing to do was. She was doing what had to be done. And yet at some point in this story, she gets emotionally hijacked. Something happens in that afternoon, which could have been one of the most incredible afternoons of her life. It turns into a public family spat because somebody got emotionally hijacked. And I think I'm that one. I think I'm the one racing around the kitchen. It's okay. You just chill out. It's all good here. This six-course meal ain't going to cook itself. It's 
it's all fine. Just have another drink. Bang, crash, boom, boom. Don't worry. Don't return your glass to the kitchen. I'll pick it up for you. Just trying to get my steps up. In fact, my son has just recently pointed out to me that when I'm in the kitchen now, I don't uh, ask for help anymore. I just announce what I'm doing. So what I do is, that's okay. I'll wash up now. That's fine. Nobody appears to be able to wipe benches down in this kitchen except for me. (laughs) I'm glad there's some people that (laughs) behave the way I do every now and then. It says Mary was distracted. It says Mary was distracted. And do you know what? This was amazing when I saw this. Do you know what the word distracted means? Pulled apart. It means to be pulled apart by competing priorities. Balance, pulled apart. How great is that? Opposing forces. In another translation, it said she was anxious about many things. Anxious means divided, pulled apart. So on one hand, she wanted everything to be perfect. This was such an amazing opportunity. But on the other hand, her attitude started to turn with all the preparations that had to be made. And worse than that, her thoughts started shifting to comparing what she was doing to that of her sister, Mary, who was just sitting at Jesus' feet. And I think she created an expectation in her mind about how that afternoon was supposed to pan out. Maybe she set expectations that this is supposed to be good. In fact, I expect my whole, my sister, she'll be running around helping. Jesus will compliment me on my cooking. Everything will be incredible. The disciples, they'll be comfortable. They'll be loved. They'll tell everyone how amazing I am. And yet, in the middle of it, when it's not quite going according to what I expected it to, I start focusing on what's not going right here. We start thinking about what's not working rather than what is. We start thinking about why others don't like me rather than about the relationships where they do. We start thinking about the note that you played wrong in worship this morning rather than the 10,000 you played right. You can't start thinking about that super comeback you should have made in that fight you just had, but you weren't quite quick enough. And it just plays over in your mind. What if I just nailed them with that comeback? I missed it. I was just, (laughs) I'm really letting out way too much. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) I keep thinking about how I failed God instead of the hundreds of times that I made him happy. So in the context of being emotionally hijacked, I want to share three quick things, three quick tips from Martha's experience that will help us get back balance in our emotional state. Is that okay? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 says this. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. My first point is fix your thoughts. What are you thinking about? See, I don't know about you, but when I'm in those situations, I I have a bit of Mary and a bit of Martha going on in my life. 
Some days I know what's important. I'm Mary. I listen to God. (laughs) I know what's important. I can navigate situations. And then there's this other tension in me that tells me a different story in the middle of things and starts to talk to me, talk to my head. Martha, Martha comes out. Come on, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I get hijacked by competing voices within me. And the thought train starts running. The, the train starts up, the, the, the key in the engine gets turned on and we go home and we're trying to go to sleep and it's like the diesel engine goes, Vroom! let's rethink that scenario over and over and over and over again in our minds. Hijacked. The negative bit. What about the good bit? No, the bad bit. What about that? <laughs> what about the fact that that person did that again? What about the fact that I stuffed up again today? What about the fact that I'm concerned about my kids? Over and over again. We have to fix our thoughts. And what Philippians tells us is to deliberately think about something else. It says, fix your thoughts on whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is true. True, not false, not the scenario you've created, not the imaginated, like the imagination version, but what is true. Fix your thoughts. Be deliberate. So when I'm in that hijacked state, I have to do something deliberate, whether it's put a podcast on, whether it's read the Bible, whether it's write a card to someone else to say, thank you, I love you. I have to do something else to fix my thoughts. So I can imagine Martha letting her thoughts, you know, I'm really glad I'm doing this. Jesus is in the lounge and this is really great. What about Mary? What about Mary? Look at her. What are you doing? Oh, I'm in the kitchen again. I'm always in the kitchen. Nobody ever helps me. This is my life. Martha, you invited them. Martha opened her house. You're getting emotionally hijacked by the stress of something that you already committed to. And now you're angry that other people aren't helping you with the thing that you committed with. Oh, just me? No? So she, she's getting emotionally overwhelmed. And then she has to say something. And in verse 40, she comes in and she says, Lord... Look at my sister. She's left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Look at her. Comparison. Look at me. Look at her. Now I'm hijacked. Look at their holiday. Look at mine. Look at their kids. Look at mine. Look at them all relaxed, turning up to church. And look at me, I'm on the serving team every week. Comparison. Comparison kills contentment. Kills the emotional balance within me. We judge other people because we're mad. But most of the time we're actually mad at ourselves. 
sometimes when you're busy doing your thing, you're mad that you feel like you're never going to be enough and that's why you're working so hard. You are enough. You are enough. In those situations where you're starting to compare yourself to everyone else and doing whatever you can and you're looking at them and saying, well, how come they get to raise their hands in worship? Well, they're just closer to God than I am. No, you're enough. You're enough. You're walking through your own journey. You're enough. And that's the second point. Martha just needed to know that what she was doing was the right place for her. She didn't need to compare herself to Mary. She just needed to be where she was and know that that was okay. Because this is the interesting thing and this is the third and my last point. Martha's in the kitchen banging the pots. She's come out. She said, Lord... Look at her. She's doing nothing to help. Tell her to help me. Lord, don't you care? You see, once we're emotionally hijacked and we've got ourselves all stirred up and we start looking at everyone else and pointing the finger, then we start saying, well, now I'm mad and I'm upset. It must be God's fault. Lord, Don't you even care that I'm in this situation? She started to compare herself with Mary. And then because she did that, she was angry at herself. And then she turned it on Jesus. See, once you're emotionally hijacked, you start interpreting your circumstances. And you start deciding what they mean. So you're in a circumstance, but now all of a sudden there's hidden meanings and hidden conspiracies and intentions of other people which you didn't anticipate that were there, but now you can see it. Did you see the way that he looked at me? Now I know what that means. I know what's really going on around here. That no one came to help me means they don't care. That no one said hello, that means nobody likes me. That no one said, well done, it must have been terrible. Jesus, don't you care? Martha had turned an afternoon tea on its head. It's got out of control now to the point where Jesus doesn't even care anymore about her. And yet that is the furthest thing from the truth. She began to interpret Jesus' care for her through her circumstances rather than interpreting her circumstances through the love that Jesus had for her. Jesus had given everyone the invitation to spend time with him. He went out of his way to have dinner at Martha's house. Everyone in that house had the same invitation. But Martha, Martha, you are running around concerned and thinking about all these things. And I would just rather 
that you were with me. Sometimes it's really hard for us to believe that God loves us instead of all the stuff that we do. Sometimes we can think that God loves us because of all the busy things and all the great things that we're doing. And yet Jesus, in this case, didn't care about all the things that Martha was doing. He'd issued an invitation for her to be with him. God sets up lots of moments in our life. Lots of moments. In your day. And we can miss them when we're emotionally hijacked. You know that Monday morning when you're driving to work and you're just (laughs) distracted by how annoyed you are that you have to work and earn money? And there's an opportunity to say good morning to someone who's had a really hard weekend and you just bolt past them. There's moments every day where there's invitations. Invitations to spend time with your kids or your partner or your friends. A moment where God might want to show you something through a song on the radio. A moment where somebody needs you. And God put you there right at that moment to be his hands and feet. And yet so many of these moments get hijacked by our emotional imbalance. And here's the strategy that I want to leave you with today. One is, know who you are. We sang that song this morning. He says, I am loved. He says, I am held. He says, I am strong, even when I feel weak. God doesn't look at you with a magnifying glass on your faults. He looks at you through the blood of Jesus as a perfect creation. So sometimes we need to get a grip of not what a failure we are, but the fact that despite our failings, we're worthy. And then once I've got who I am sorted out, then maybe I need to make sure my thoughts know who God is. That He's not the God that's made this unfair, that He's not the God who's abandoned me, that I go back to the Word and remember that He's my strong tower. He's the place I run to, that He's my Alpha and Omega, my beginning and my end, that He's my provider, that He's the one who sacrificed His own Son to die on a cross just for me that I get my thoughts back onto who God is and start declaring who He is over my circumstance. That I start declaring who I am in my circumstance. And then I fix my thoughts and I stay on that train. And when Martha, Martha keeps coming up and trying to hijack me, I say, that's enough, Martha. I'm not Martha today. Today I'm going to be Mary. What was Mary doing this whole time? that Martha's having her meltdown. Mary's just sitting and it says this, it says she's listening. You can't get your emotional balance back unless you're willing to listen to God. Listening through His Word, listening to His voice instead of the old 
rabbit trap that's going on in our own mind. Martha, Martha, you're concerned about many things. Your brain is so full, but there's only one thing that's needed. And that's this moment between you and I. An invitation from God to you. Just you and I. You and God, just for a moment. Where He can show you who you are, show you who He is, and get you back. Let's just close our eyes. For some of you here this morning, God's created a moment. And there's a lot going on in your world right now. And there's a lot to think about. And your brain is full and your heart's full of concerns and and worries and pain. And yet there's an invitation in a moment where Jesus comes into your world and he says, just stop for one second. I just want to say one thing to you. And that is that I love you so much that I walked with a crown of thorns on my head, with soldiers whipping my back, carrying a cross for you. And I gave up my life because I love you. But that wasn't the end of the story. I rose again three days later. And what I offer you today is forgiveness. Forgiveness from all the sins, all the times you've missed the mark, all your failures. What I offer you is a life of love and hope and peace. What I offer you is a hope in the future, which is an eternal life with with a God who, who created you, who knows you inside out, who knows all those emotional triggers, who knows that you've got weights that you're carrying. And He says, let me come in and let me carry those weights with you. And for some of you this morning, It might be new news. Maybe you'd have known that Jesus did all that, but you've become Martha, Martha, and you've tried to do it all yourself. This morning, I want to pray with you. Maybe it's the first time that you're going to say, yes, I want Jesus in my life. I can't carry this weight anymore. And if that's you this morning, while every eye is closed, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and you can put it down again. And after the service, somebody's going to come to you and we're going to pray with you. And you're going to have that moment between you and Jesus this morning. A miracle moment where you're invited, welcome home. And if that's you this morning, just while every eye's closed, that you just put up your hand now and I'm going to acknowledge it and you can put it back down again. Is there anyone here this morning who wants to pray and invite Jesus into their life this morning? Just put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there any other hands this morning? Anybody else want to join with this person? I'm just looking around. Just put, You put your hand straight up and put it back down again. And we'll acknowledge it and we're going to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else here this morning? Come on, the emotional machine will be on right now. And you know that it's God touching your life if there's an internal dialogue 
saying, you don't know what this means, you don't know how, and you get the stress rising, just know that that's God coming to say you don't have to live like that anymore. Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at c3hobart.org.au.